125th Psalm, and as many of you already know, uh, this, we are in the midst of a 40-day consecration period that you all call Lent, and we began this period on uh, last Wednesday, on the day that you call Ash Wednesday, amen, and this is a time of consecration uh, where we are, should be endeavoring daily to draw closer to the Lord and him closer to us. Amen. Amen. Uh, the 25th Psalm, I will go ahead and read this for you from the New American Standard Bible translation. And it reads this way, to you, Lord, I lift up my soul. My God in you, I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies rejoice over me. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. Uh, make me know your ways. Lord, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithfulness, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, oh, my dear God, and my wrongdoings. Remember me according to your faithfulness for your goodness's sake, Lord. Verse 8, the Lord is good and upright. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. Verse 10, all the paths of the Lord are faithfulness and truth to those who comply with his covenant and his testimonies. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my wrongdoing, for it is great. Verse 12, who is the person who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will dwell in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord. For he will rescue my feet from the net. Verse 16, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look at my misery and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Look at my enemies, for they are many. And they hate me with violent hatred. Verse 20, guard my soul and save me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Let integrity and uprightness protect me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, God, from all his distresses. The word of God for the people of God. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to share with each other in the hearing of your word. We know that your spirit is here, and so we release you to have your way in this place. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Show us, God, what you want us to see. And we will be careful to give your name the glory, honor, and the praise. Use me now, this your humble servant, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable, if not in their sight, in your sight. For, Lord, you are my strength, and you are my redeemer. This is my prayer in Jesus' holy name. Look at somebody and just say, 
what shall I render unto the Lord? As I've already shared with you, the Lenten season, which began last week on Ash Wednesday, is a 40-day period of consecration before the Lord. During this season, as, as it is our tradition, we should desire to find ways to draw closer to God. While this is something we should strive for every day, there are certainly specific times of the calendar year that we should purposely and intentionally make extra effort to be closer to God and advance our relationship with our Heavenly Father. During the Lenten season that lasts up until the day that we celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the borrowed tomb, there are many practices we can put into place. Uh, these practices should be thought of as sacrifices meant to bring you closer to God and take you further away from self. These sacrifices should help to open your mind, soften your heart, open blind eyes, and unstop deaf ears to the things of God that we would otherwise not pay attention to. It may be that you fast from certain foods. Some of you will stop eating meat. Some of you will stop eating sweets. Some of you will only uh, do what we call the Daniel fast. You'll eat fruits and vegetables and nuts and those kinds of things. And these things can also be good for the body, just as good as they are for the soul, because we have been commanded to honor and to take care of our temple, for this temple is the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is also a great time of patience and endurance. If you know anything about fasting, uh, you will learn that patience and endurance are the things that help you get through. Now, it may be that we spend less time or no time on social media during this consecration period. It may be that we spend less time or no time watching television. But it is not just about what we stop doing, uh, but can also be about what we start doing. We may commit during this consecration period to reading our Bible more. Uh, we may commit to spending more time in prayer. Y'all ain't saying nothing right there. God today. We may even commit to doing more outreach and evangelism during this season of Lent. There are so many different directions that we can go and we do not just do these things for our benefit but for the glory and honor to the God of our salvation. Now when we look at this 25th Psalm it is recognized as a Psalm of David and this Psalm gives us ample reason as to why during this Lenten season, we should take time to honor God through our sacrifices. Look at somebody and say sacrifice. Yeah, I know that hurts some of y'all to say. You help me too. Amen. Look at somebody else and say sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. This psalm is one that points to how God is a source of protection, of guidance, and even, watch this, he's a God of pardon. Mm. In fact, during this Lenten season, we should seek to humble ourselves in such a way that we recognize that God has been extensively merciful and gracious unto us throughout all the years of our lives. And the least we can do is what Paul told us to do is honor him by giving our lives back to him. This is our, Paul said it this way, reasonable service. Uh, the first few verses, let's look at it, namely, 
verses 1, 2, and 3, appear to show David in a posture of prayer and supplication. When we look at these first three verses, to you, Lord, I lift up my soul, my God, uh, in you I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies rejoice over me. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed, and those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. Now, now, when we look at this, we find and we can imagine David standing before the presence of the Lord, hands lifted, eyes wide open, crying out with a loud voice to the Lord to lift up his soul. Now, many of us have found ourselves here in a season of turmoil or distress, having to cry out to the God of our salvation that he would deliver us from the hand of our enemies. Not just our external enemies, but sometimes that he would deliver us from the internal enemy of self. Help me in this sanctified church. We can all look back over our lives and remember a time where it seemed like we didn't make it out of a situation that we got out of our that we got ourselves into, but God was able to step in and make a way out of no way every single time. God has a way of not just showing up, but showing out every single time that we call on him. God has a way of letting us know that he will fight for us no matter where we find ourselves, and that's good news on this fourth Sunday morning. But as we move on, we look at verses four and five, and these verses say, I do not know it all. These verses say that I have much more to learn. So that's why David says, Lord, teach me your ways. He understands that my ways are one thing, but he also understands that the ways of God are always going to be better and greater than his own ways. So he says, Lord, humble me. I humble myself in this moment. And I say, I've learned a lot over the years. I understand a lot over the years. I have come to great knowledge of things over the years, but I'm humble enough to know that I don't know it all. I don't understand it all. I don't have all the wisdom. So Lord, teach me your ways. I dare three of you to just cry out, Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. It is here that we find David in a place of humility. Now, that's what Lent is really all about. It is about humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And if we do this, we are saying, God, I don't have all the answers, but I know you do. God, I do always, I don't always know which way to go, but if I lean out to my own understanding, you'll uh, and acknowledge you in all my ways, you'll direct my path. God, I sure do mess up quite a bit. I ain't talking about y'all, just talking about me. But you are able to keep me even when I mess up. And this is why we should be ever so thankful unto the God of our salvation for his loving kindness towards us. Looking at verses 6 through 12, as we begin to break down this 25th Psalm, these verses deal with remembering the goodness of God and his mercy towards us. It reminds us that God is not only compassionate towards us, but he is faithful towards this. Now watch this. He is the way, not because of us, but because that's who he is. Watch this. His loving kindness towards me is not dependent upon my loving kindness towards him. His compassion towards me is not dependent upon my compassion towards him. His faithfulness towards me is not dependent upon my faithfulness. 
faithfulness towards him, and I'm so glad that it isn't. He doesn't do these things because of me, but he does these things because that's who he is. That's who he is. That's, that's who he is. And because God, because he is God and he changes not, I have no other choice but to give him the praise and the honor that is due to him because he is so good to me. Watch this. Even when I don't deserve it. This particular section of the 25th Psalm tells us that God is not just uh, compassionate and, 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 and faithful, but he's also good and he's upright. And he instructs the sinners. This is good news because that means that he is connected to me whether I am in sin or not. He is not like man that he leaves me in my time of trouble. Say amen. He's not like man that when I slip and fall, he doesn't walk, look down upon me as he walks by me. He's, he's not like man where if I'm down, he might come and kick me. Come on, somebody. He's not like people that when I mess up, he goes straight to Facebook and tells Lottie Dottie and everybody all about it. Y'all won't say nothing. He's not like you that as soon as he hears some bad news, he's got to pick up the telephone and call him, them, and Shim to tell everybody what's going on. But he is the kind of God that his hand of mercy stays on me. Why? Because he loves me. So even in my sin, he, he makes it clear that he is still connected to me and his promise is true that he'll never leave me nor forsake me, but that he'll be with me to the very end of the age. Moving forward to verse 13, we find that God is a promise-keeping God. How do you know that, Pastor G? Thank you for asking. That's a great question. Here's the answer. As we endeavor to honor God with our sacrifices and to make him know that we place nothing or no one before him, because even if we do, what we already know from Exodus is that he shall have no other before him. We are reminded that it was always his intent for us to live in prosperity. Beloved, my prayer is that you prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's 3 John. And when you look back to Eden, glory be to God. See, that's my biggest issue with Adam. Because every day I'm sitting at my desk trying to get these people to come buy a car. And I say to myself, Lord, I'd be so glad when I ain't got to work no more. Hallelujah. I don't mind going to work, but the reality is I go because I have to. But from the beginning, watch this. God had provided for us everything that we would ever need. And we messed up by thinking that we knew more than God. So the curse was now I got to go to work. I want y'all to pray. That when I get through the gate, Adam is the last person I see. I'm, I'm going to pull him into my mansion. I'm going to say, hey, man. There's a lot of sweat going on down there. Because of you, Negro. 
praise the Lord. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, let me get back. It has always been the will of God, watch this, for us to prosper in such a way that even, watch this, not just for ourselves, but even my children and my children's children would also be able to prosper. Because we have got to learn how to set them up for success. I have heard, you, you won't believe how many people believe that because they struggled and because they had hardships that their children should be, have to go through the same thing and their grandchildren should have to go through. The, I mean, if you don't love me, just tell me that. But it is my intent, watch intent, but it is my God-given responsibility to make sure when I leave this earth that James Caden Lee Gresham has everything that he needs so that he doesn't have to struggle the same way daddy struggled. That he ain't got to fight demons the same way daddy had to fight demons. Watch this. That he will already be set free and delivered from things that his daddy could not get set free and delivered from. My responsibility is to make sure that whoever is coming behind me has it better than I had it when I came before them. Verse 14 and 15, they speak to our relationship with God. Not only does he want us to prosper, and not only is he a promise-keeping God, but he does these things based on our relationship. You hear me talk about certain scriptures all the time, and I tell you when it's necessary that not every scripture in the Bible is applicable to everybody. Because a lot of the promise of, watch this, the promises of God are not, while they are available to everybody, they only apply to those who belong to him. Let me say that one more time, because sometimes we have a tendency to wonder why such and such scripture hasn't come to pass in your life. Well, here's a good question you might want to ask yourself. What relationship do you have with the author? I can't just prop this Bible open and say that he'll pour out a window from the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing that I have room enough that I won't have room enough re to receive if I first haven't given something to him. It only applies to certain people. I can't say by his stripes I'm healed. Watch this. If I haven't even accepted him as my Lord and my Savior, I can't say that if I give, it'll come back to me good measure, pressed down, and running over. If I haven't given something to him, look at somebody and say, it's got some qualifications. It's got some qualifications. It's got some qualifications. Yeah, 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 yeah. Verses 14 and 15, they speak to our relationship because it talks about those who fear him. Those who fear him will have his secrets revealed to them. Those who fear him will have his secrets revealed to him. Those who fear. See, see we got to look at how Jesus would speak publicly in parables. Because Jesus understood the importance of not casting his pearls before the swine. And he understood, watch this, he understood that just because people hear me doesn't mean that they're listening to me. And so he understood that sometimes people would follow him, watch this, so that they could, uh, let, me, let, me, let me use this word, let me use this word, so that they could molest him for what he could do for them. They didn't mind getting things from him, but they had an issue with giving themselves to him. Oh, God, today. Let me say that one. One more time for the people down the road. The, he, they didn't have a problem getting things 
from him. That's why when he started turning water to wine, people would follow him. That's why when he fed the 5,000 on one week and the 4,000 uh, at another period, they began to follow him. It wasn't because of who he was, but it was because of what he was able to do. Can I help somebody on this fourth Sunday morning? You ought to look around your life. And begin to take inventory of the people that you're surrounded by. Because in this next season where God is taking you, he is calling you to be pruned and pulled away from the people who are leeches. They are taking from you but have nothing to give to you. Y'all don't believe it, but there's a leech anointing on people. They are anointed to attach themselves to you and suck everything good out of you and leaving you in desolation and despair. And then when you need them, you can't go back to them because there's nothing that they have to offer you because they ain't nothing but a parasite anyway. I didn't mean to come this heavy this morning. I, I can't breathe, so I might as well say what I want to say. <sighs> And, and the reason why we struggle in life with getting, watch this, from level A to level B is because we like the leeches. Because that leech has been with me for the last five years. That, that leech has been with me since the last 20 years. Watch this. That leech is related to me. Y'all won't say amen. That leech lives in my house. Come on, somebody. That leech has the same last name as me. Watch this. The leech was with me in my last bad season, but we have failed to realize that I'm still in a bad season because I'm still attached to the leech. Look at somebody and say, pluck that thing off. Pluck that thing off. Pluck that thing off. Now, I, 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 I've never personally had to deal with leeches. But I've heard that the way they attach themselves to you, when you go to pull them off, it pulls at your body, which then causes pain. And that's why some of y'all don't want to let go of your leeches because you know it's going to hurt. But can I help somebody? It's going to hurt you more to stay attached to them. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. And every once in a while, we've got to go through temporary pain of releasing ourselves from some things and releasing ourselves from some people and releasing ourselves from some habits so that I can be better for tomorrow than I am today. What shall I render? Let's look at verses 16 through 22 as we get ready to close. Jesus, Jesus, he speaks to us. He speaks to us in the gospel of Matthew. He tells us that in this world you shall have tribulation. I like Jesus because he, he is not like us in that we try to paint a pretty picture where, where it ain't that pretty. You've heard me tell this story. I, I remember growing up in church, they always told us, come on over. It's great over here. The grass is green. The sun is shining. What they didn't tell me was how much harder it would be. Watch this, because now the devil has to fight even harder to get me back. They didn't, they didn't tell us that. They, they didn't tell us that there were going to be some 
lonely nights. They didn't tell us there were going to be some rainy days. They, that's not what they told us. I like Jesus. Jesus sets you up real good. He says, if you're going to follow me, the first thing you got to do is take up your cross. He's saying there's going to be some pressure. He's telling you there's going to be some hardships. He's telling you it's not always going to be easy. Watch this. He even had to carry his own cross much of the way by himself. What he's telling us is there's going to be some lonely days and, and some lonely nights. He sets this thing up real good for us. He says, in this world, as long as you are on this side of heaven, there will be tribulation in your life. Here's the good news. Not only does he warn us of what's to come, but he also warns us of what's to come. He didn't just warn us of the tribulation to come, but he also warned us of the victory because he said, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but take encourage, be encouraged. I have over come the world. And if I've overcome the world, then I've already overcome the tribulation. If I've already overcome the world, then you don't have to worry about the valley of the shadow of death. I've overcome it. You don't have to worry about the mountains that you're going to climb. I've overcome it. You don't have to worry about the sickness and disease. You, I've already overcome it. You don't have to worry about famine and desolation. I've already overcome it. You don't have to worry about rising gas prices and rising grocery prices. I've already overcome it. You don't have to worry about being stabbed in the back and being lonely and all by yourself. Why? Because I've already overcome it. You don't have to worry about how the enemy will get into your head and cause you to almost lose your mind. Why? Because I've already overcome it. He will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed, stayed, stayed. Sit down. I ain't ready yet. Jesus spoke to us in his gospel and he, he told us to take courage because he's already overcome the world. So in my time of loneliness and affliction, I don't need to fear. I simply need to look to the Lord in my times of trouble uh, when my heart is enlarged. This is what the scripture says. I know he will bring me out of my distress, though I am in misery and trouble because of my sins. Wait a minute. Because I'm in misery and trouble because of my sins. Uh-oh. Because the mess I'm in right now is because of my sins. I'm broke because of my sins. If you ain't careful, you'll find yourself in sickness because of my sins. Come on, somebody. I can't find a friend because of my sins. I can't keep a job because of my sins. The car's been repossessed and the house has been foreclosed on because of my... Every once in a while, the stuff I find myself in ain't got nothing to do with you or with God, but it's got everything to do with the fact that I can't get me together. And sometimes I just got to look at that man called reflection. I got to look at that man in the mirror and say, yes, the problem is you. However... Look at somebody and say, however. That's also like but. That's also like but. It cancels what comes in front of it. However. 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 I know that he's a forgiving God. I, I, I know he's a forgiving. Watch this. Here's how I know he's a forgiving God. Here's how I know he's a forgiving God. 
Y'all already know. I'm going to tell you anyway. I sinned yesterday. I laid my head down last night. I closed my eyes last night. How do I know he's a forgiving God? Because Sunday morning came. And I was able to open my eyes again. Messed up yesterday, but he still gave me today. Watch this. Messed up last year, but he still gave me 2023. Y'all won't say amen. Messed up in January, but he still gave me February. That's how I know he's, and he's, watch this, he's so forgiving that he shows his mercy towards us even when I don't have enough sense to go to him and ask him. Included in every prayer that I ever offer to him should be God forgive me. Because when I pray to him, watch this, watch this. I'm often praying because I have a need. Why did he answer my need when I haven't asked him to forgive me for all the stuff that I messed up? I have learned, this is just, I'm just talking about me. I ain't talking about y'all perfect people. I'm just talking about me. I have learned that quite often what I'm asking him to do in prayer, he has already given me the answer for. I've just got to walk in what he already called me to do. Lord, increase my finances. The last time I gave you a raise, you squandered all your money. Y'all laughing because y'all know what I'm talking about. Lord, heal my body. I'm trying to heal your body, but you keep putting that junk on the inside of you. Lord, give me peace of mind. I'm trying to give you peace of mind, but here's an idea. Stop talking to them people. Turn off the news. Turn off the TV. Turn off the radio. Get off of Facebook. Maybe you can find some peace. I'm talking about what I know. Though my enemies are, are many, though my enemies are many, though they have come up against me, Though they may have even placed fear in my heart, I know that God is able to guard my heart and to keep my mind in perfect peace. F.C. Barnes put it this way. It's one of my favorite F.C. Barnes songs. My dad used to sing it. I'm going to get him to sing it one more time. I don't know when, where, or how. But he said, he said this. When I call on the Lord, he will come, come to my rescue. That's what I like about him. Because here's the reality of it. You may not be answering the phone. You may see me pull up in the driveway and you turn the lights off. Y'all treat me like a Jehovah Witness. <laughs> I got a lot to say about that too, but I, I'll leave it alone today. I'll leave it alone today. Watch this. Watch this. I might need you and you might be dealing with your own crisis. You ain't got time to deal with me. But when I call on the Lord. Yes. FC Bar said he'll come to my rescue when, anywhere, any place, any time. One, another songwriter put it this way. They said, all I got to do is have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about my trouble. Why? Because even when you don't want to hear it, he'll hear my faintest cry. He'll answer 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and here, here's what, here, you want to know my favorite verse is, I once was lost in sin. And when people pushed me out, Jesus took me in. Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says, he says he will come to my rescue. So I know that he is the only one who can safely guard my heart and my soul and save me from all of life's troubles. As I do what? I take refuge in him. All right. I will wait for his integrity and his uprightness to protect me. And I will see him. I will see him. I will see him. I will see him redeem Israel. Who is Israel? Can, can, I, can I help America? It's, it's funny to me how, how we people, man, think we can just pick up a map, draw a line, and say this is what it is. Because watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. People will lose their mind. Don't you say nothing about the country, Israel. Don't be against the country, Israel. If Israel, the country, calls for help, you better go help them. If they have a need, you better go need. Watch this. That's because we have been taught that Israel is a piece of land where people live. You can live on that piece of land and still not be Israel. If y'all need to watch the playback, watch it quickly. I might get hit for anti-Semitism. Because you know we don't like the truth. Israel is the people that belong to God. Whether you live over there or you live here. Whether you're black or you're white, Republican or Democrat, rich or poor, in, out, up or down. Whether you speak English, French, Italian, or some of the Asian languages, it doesn't matter. Israel is the people that belongs to God, his chosen people, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, his peculiar people. David says, I will see him redeem Israel, his chosen people, from all of their distresses. And I'll see these things. Why? Because as they sang earlier, God loves us. He cares for us. He's always with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is always ready to draw closer to us. And even in this Lenten season, is a great time for us to draw closer to him. So I would ask this question this morning. What shall I render unto the Lord my God? Why? For all his goodness. Shall it be praise? Maybe so. Shall it be worship? Maybe so. Shall it be sacrifice of some kind? Maybe so. And not just what shall I render unto him, but watch this. What shall I take away from myself? How in this Lenten season am I going to crucify my flesh so that I can get closer to God and he get closer to me? What, watch this, shall I ask the Lord to take away from me? Help me, Holy Ghost. What in this 40-day consecration period shall I ask the Lord to change, look at this, within me? 
that's what this season is all about. 40 days of you saying, God, less of me, more of you. To the point, watch this, to the point that if you commit yourself to being fully consecrated over these, uh, over the remainder of these 40 day, of this 40 day period, that you should not look the same at the end as you look right now. And so that's the challenge to you. What shall I render unto the Lord? Shall I give him more of my time? Shall I give him more of my money? Y'all won't say nothing right there. Shall I, shall I, shall I, watch this. Open my Bible up a little bit more. Shall I visit the sick some more? Because I'm healthy. Nobody's coming to see me in the hospital. Maybe I should go see somebody. One of y'all caught it. Nobody's coming to see me in the rehab facility or the nursing home. Maybe I should go and see. Because you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how many people that we know that are sick, shut in, and don't get visited by nobody. I've, I've always said to myself, I went to see, I went to see uh, one of my adopted sisters. She had a heart operation. Uh, last week I went to see her and every time I go into a hospital, y'all can stand, I'm finished. Every time I go into a hospital, I say to myself, if it's ever me, I hope I'm not forgotten. She said, Lamar, I thank you for coming to see me. I said, well, I literally work right around the corner. I really had no excuse. And that's what I told her. I said I had no excuse for not coming. I had no excuse for not coming. I was available to come. And we family. Of course, I'm going to go check on you. Because watch this. Watch this. Not, that t- not to get something back. However, however, if it's ever me on the other side of that coin, I would want somebody to come see me. Now, those that really, really know me know I don't care for hospitals and doctors. No way. I tell people all the time, if I ever wake up in a hospital, y'all have better have security at the door. Because I'm, I'm coming up out of here in Jesus' name. I'm unplugging whatever I'm connected to. <laughs> I tell people all the time, if I ever, y'all better have me in here for a good reason. Holy Ghost. Amen. But we... But, uh, we uh, but let's be real. We have enough wisdom. Amen. God gives us enough wisdom to know what we need to do to take care of ourselves. To, to this point, what shall I render unto the Lord in this Lenten season? Ask yourself that question. Challenge yourself. Lord, there are some things that you have desired from me. Strengthen me to give them to you. Watch this. Lord, there are some things that you've been desiring to take away from me. Some of your prayers need to be, God, help me open my hands so I can release it to you. This is the time of sacrifice. Lent was never meant to be comfortable. Uh Uh-oh. I ought to call a fast. 
I pray about it first. I pray about it first. I don't, I don't, I want to be in the spirit. I do want to be in the spirit. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Y'all know I'm petty. I could just be petty. Don't eat nothing for the rest of the month. Good news is ain't but two days left, so there you go. Praise the Lord. <laughs> See there? Some of y'all were already in a panic. Already in a panic for the rest of the month. My goodness. It's only two days, people. It's only two days. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. Because in this Lenten season, watch this. this. The Lenten season is also the road to resurrection. This is the road to resurrection. The road to resurrection, all right? On the road to resurrection, we're going to talk about all the wonderful things Jesus did, all the sacrifices that he made, how he gave his life, how he was laid in a borrowed tomb, but how he got up on the third day with all power in his hand. That's the road that we're on. But to get there, he had to make some sacrifices for us. What sacrifices are we going to make for him? Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your, it's the least. That's the least we could do. The least you could do. For somebody who literally got off of his throne and said, I'll go die for me. They crazy is all outdoors, but I'll go die for them. They like to cuss, but I'm going to go die for them. They like to drink and smoke, but I'm going to go die for them. Come on, somebody. Come on. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't called your sin yet. And hold on. They like to gossip, but I'm going to go die for them. They like to lie, but I'm going to go die for them. Come on. They got some issues. I mean, let me just get everybody. They got some issues. But I'm going to go die for them. The least we can is live for him. Whew. Father, thank you for this 25th Psalm, which reminds us of your guidance, your protection, and even how in your merciful kindness you are continuously extending pardons to us. Even in the legal system, oh God, a pardon means that that we were charged with or that which we may have even been found guilty of has now been absolved. It goes away. In other words, you pardon us and it clears our record. That's a good place to praise it right there. God, we thank you for a clear record. Because the reality is, over the course of our lives, if, if you didn't clear the record, there wouldn't be enough paper to hold all of our faults and our shortcomings and our sins. So, God, we thank you for being merciful enough to forgive us. Watch this. Even when we didn't have enough sense to ask for it. So, because we know you hear our prayer and because we know you answer prayer, the first thing we want you to do, oh God, is place your hand back on us, oh God. Forgive us our sins, even in this moment. Help us cross our T's and dot our I's, oh God. Help us as we strive to perfection. Though we'll never be until we take off this corruptible and put on the incorruptible, God. We ask that you help us on our journey to perfection. That even as we live out the rest of our days, we are better witnesses 
for you, that when people see us, they see you, that when people hear about us, they, they know that your hand is on us, that when people hear us, they hear from you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for, 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 for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. Not, that he, not just that he died on the cross, but that he was placed in a borrowed tomb. Oh, the prophetic anointing right there. That tells us that that wasn't a tomb for him to stay in. It was simply borrowed from another man named Joseph of Arimathea, oh God, that he would rise three days later with all power. Thank you that not only did he rise from the grave, but that even at this moment, he's sitting at your right hand interceding for us. And he did that so that he could send the precious Holy Spirit back here with us. And God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit which corrects us when we're wrong, that, that helps us to run on to see what the end is going to be, that helps us to hear and brings back to our remembrance everything that you have already taught us. Thank you, God, for thinking enough of us that you would give us life. And on this 26th day of February, that you would give us this day, one that we've never seen, one we shall never see again. Thank you for letting us see it. For this is the day that you have made. We will. We will. We will. We will rejoice. And we will be glad in it. Thank you, old God, for guiding our footsteps. I pray now for everyone under the sound of my voice that you, O God, will give direction to the lost, that you will heal the sick, that you'll even raise the spiritually dead. That you will help us not just to exist on earth, but to live in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, O oh God, for not just allowing us to exist on this earth, but helping us to live in you. Thank you, Lord God, for not just allowing us to exist on this earth, but to live. You came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So thank you for allowing us to live in you and for you living in us. I pray even now, oh God, uh, for those who don't know you in the pardon of their sin, oh God. They've heard your name. They've heard about your son, Jesus. They heard about this sacrifice that he made. They heard about this, this Holy Spirit, this Holy Ghost that lives and dwells on the inside of believers. They've heard about him, but they don't really have relationship, oh God. We extend that offering to them today. One songwriter said, come unto Jesus while you have time. So on this morning, we, on this afternoon, we extend to those, not just in the room, but even those watching online, that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And if it's you in the room, will you just raise your hand if it's watching online? Will you just put in the comment section, it's me, it's me, it's me. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. We want to say welcome to the family of the kingdom of God. Tomorrow is going to come. And all of us will see tomorrow. We just don't know where we will be when it comes. But we want you to know that if tomorrow comes, when we, when we open our eyes tomorrow, if we have to stand before the, uh, the, the, the great throne of judgment, that we can make it in. So make a decision today to say, Lord, come into my life. Be my Savior. Fill me with your precious Holy Ghost. We want to offer that to you.
today. Money won't do it. Your works won't do it. How you treat people won't do it. Your name, your status, your titles won't do it. But it's the confession of your mouth and the belief in your heart that'll open up access for you to get into the kingdom. We thank you for it, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. As we get to leave this place, O oh God, I lift these offerings towards you and I say thank you for these seeds, O oh God. Thank you because your word declares that you give seed to the sower. So help us, O oh God, to continue to be sowers so that you will continue to give us seed. We thank you for not just the gift, but the giver, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that debts are being demolished, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you that bills are being paid in the name of Jesus. We thank you for sales and commissions in the name of Jesus. We thank you for rebates and, and, and money found in the name of Jesus. We thank you for discounts in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for cancellations in the mighty name of Jesus because your word declares if we give it'll come back to us good measure pressed down shaken together running over and it's not just so you will do it from heaven but that men will pour into our bosom and so we thank you oh god for giving us access to grants access to deeds oh god access to people who will come to us and say how much do you need and will simply write the check and say here it is thank you god for blessing us and we give back to you not uh, 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 in the form of witchcraft expecting you to give something to us but we give back to you out of your own hands because even what we give to you was already yours but we say we trust you with it better than we trust ourselves so increase it multiply it and use it for the betterment of your kingdom now to him who's able to keep us from falling to present us faultless before the throne of grace with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. Now, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, and forever. Let the church say amen. Let the church. Say amen, God has spoken, let the church say amen. Amen.